Well, howdy doody folks. Welcome to the end of 2018. My name is David Graham, part of Elemental Collision. And I think I was just clipping there a little bit, so don't adjust your speakers. My voice is just so great. Anyway, today is the 28th of December. I'm recording this a little bit early, and we're going to publish it on the 30th of December. Reason being, I got my kids. And I'll be damned if I'm going to be doing this with my kids around. So, one of the things we wanted to do is, in the grand scheme of things here, we're going to turn the game down, number one. <laughs> number two, I uh, wanted to go ahead and offer up what every single other fucking podcast, especially in the tech space, is going to be doing. And that is... Dun, 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 2019 Predictions. So... I'm just going to let this one fly. If it doesn't last 15 minutes, you get a little bit of your time back. Number one, let's start out with my favorite in the tech space, CPUs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Intel has sucked donkey balls throughout 2018, especially when it comes to that nasty little conversion to 10 nanometer. You know, you got 14 nanometer you got 14 nanometer plus you got 14 nanometer plus plus you got 14 nanometer plus 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 or NP new process leading process low power process you've got one product that managed to make it out on a 10 nanometer um, masking and that was available in I think as my good buddy over at Anon Tech Ian Cutra said uh, it was an ice like part that was stuck in Lenovo something or another I don't know. Um, I think at Dylan512P, if I got his Twitter username correct, I'll support it out. Regardless, doesn't matter. Just basically had a shitty time trying to get anywhere close to 10 nanometer. Now, I, I expect, fully expect, fully, fully expect Intel to hit 10 nanometer in 2019. 10 nanometer in 2019. Uh, maybe we make some forays into seven. Um, obviously, they have the Arizona Fab up and running with special projects for silicon that they are trying to get there. And that's all well and good, but, you know, nanometers ain't everything, right? We still have, even with that kind of size disadvantage, <laughs> you still have, and I'm only drinking water this morning, folks. This is not coffee addled. Even with that size disadvantage, you still have Intel, you know, generally speaking, holding the single-threaded performance crown. So... Put that in your blender and blend it. Um, AMD's race to 7 nanometer will be coming out with Epic 2 or Rome. Uh, they've already talked about it. They've already shown it. Um, the cool part about Epic is I think it's going to be in some predictions. These are predictions, predictions, predictions. This has nothing to do with what I believe, what I know and or have seen to be true. I think they're going to be launching at clocks that are comparable Naples, which is in and of itself a grand mystery, especially given that they're doubling, you heard me right, they're doubling the actual physical core count on their top SKUs, meaning they're going from 32 physical cores to 64 physical cores and 128 threads. That, folks, if you haven't seen my blog post over at elementalcollision.com, translates into some massive, massive scalability. Um, for your applications. Now, it's a good thing that we go by per socket or 
uh, per socket licensing for a lot of stuff, not per core licensing, otherwise per court licensing kind of kicks you in the nuts, you know what I mean? Um, Lord knows you don't want to be paying Captain Larry Ellison any more money for his boats on your Oracle DBA. Or your Oracle DBAs, I should say. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. So that's CPUs. Uh, any other contenders in the CPU space? I don't really see that. I still see, you know, some of the homegrown silicon coming out of domestic markets like China. Um, India is obviously talking about bringing, bringing their own silicon factories and foundries up to date. Um, you know, it's all well and good. I, you know, more power to them. I think competition there. I think Russia also has uh, their own homegrown. Um, I see alternative processors like Sci-5, so RISC, uh, RISC-5, um, and Sci-5 consortium uh, gaining momentum, especially in the embedded in the embedded space where you know. You know, low IPC, low power cores that can be used effectively in IoT style devices or in embedded electronics, you know, makes a lot of sense. And you get around that whole pesky issue of paying ARM a licensing fee. ARM, good old ARM. Uh, they're going to continue to push into the data center. I think, you know, we uh, folks in the industry kind of prognosticated that. They would probably be in the industry in a big way in 2018. That did not happen. Um, however, some high-profile uh, announcements. Um, you know, Cray announced that they're going to build an ARM variation of their supercomputer. Bull Atos, um, I believe, is doing um, an ARM variation, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, you see you have that Fujitsu um, with their uh, post-K um, supercomputers doing some of that stuff as well. So what you're going to see is you're going to continue to see ARM pushing into the data center. You can still see it stratified into specific type markets, HPC being one of them. The Marvell Cavium clusterfuck that it is, is complete now. So you have them fully acquired. And so maybe there's going to be some focus there. You know, you still have the outlier of Qualcomm with their, um, well, centric processor that, are they in? Are they out? Yeah, give them some time to figure it out, I think. Um, even though they managed to dump all the staff there, I think, you know, there's still some salvageable IP that's still present there. And, you know, uh, Qualcomm, for all intents and purposes, does a damn good job in the mobile space, so who says they can't do it better? NPUs, let's move on to those. So, 2018 was the year of the NPU. Apple announced it. Hi, Huawei announced it with the high silicon um, thing. MediaTek announced it. Qualcomm announced it. Blah, blah, blah. Everybody announced a neural processing unit. Why this is important. Folks, it's not just about image processing. Let me say it again. It's not just about image processing. In the grand scheme of things, who gives a shit about tagging your friends in your pictures? Really, no one. The power behind that is I suddenly tag somebody, I get more data. And when I get more data, I can do more interesting things. So that MPU exists in there for um, data mining. Yeah, you heard me right. That's, that's, that's there for data mining. It's not there for your pleasure. It's there to make everyone else's lives more monetized. So... Again, that's a very, very um, pessimistic view on the inclusion of these type of devices. But think about it. It's there for facial recognition. When you facial recognize and you tag somebody and you upload it to one of those many services that takes that data and goes, oh, yeah, I see you have your friends in here. 
you start to add data in places where you probably didn't necessarily think about adding data. And guess what? It gets monetized. And are you the recipient of that money? No. It's a monetization device. However, I believe that stuff is going to end up in interesting places, in interesting ways, shapes, and forms. We've already seen the... Uh, I've already seen the kind of quote-unquote, I don't know if they're paid for, so don't call me a cynic too much. Uh, I've already seen the quote saying that Apple Watch's new EEG band or EEG sensing has saved lives. Okay, well, I'm not going to call bullshit on that. Any life saved is a life that is gracious, graciously here on the earth. So we're going to keep it there. But outside of the hyperbole in that, you start to see some of these devices, MPUs or other embedded type devices that are specialty processors that can do specialty type things, and you're going to start to get specialty features and functionality. So I look for MPUs starting to look at depth mapping. I look at them as starting to be able to do some very basic uh, neural processing around emotional capacitance. So if you're feeling sad, something that can be done there. I see the next wave of that also being audio sampling and audio curving and audio boundaries and audio processing for, guess what, doing the same thing. Emotional capacitance, emotional checking. Why? Well, there's certain tell-all signs. We figured this out in the field of psychology, you know, the way a person emotes and the way a person looks and the way a person, you know, gets their point across. Well, that, that can be telling. You never know what this podcast might go through. If somebody were to analyze it, just kidding. And that comes from my background in, in psychology and, 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 and in counseling, and and those are great things. So one of the you know start looked for the push for this embedded stuff. Uh, all right, compute MPUs uh, mobility. Apple's going to launch another handset next. <laughs> <laughs> the era of computational photography is not done, folks. It is, in fact, only beginning. Um, just because you have a larger megapixel camera on your iPhone, Android phone, or whatever, doesn't mean it's going to take better pictures. Everything behind the scenes is what guarantees that that picture has lasting and staying power. We've seen that with the efficacy of the Pixel 3 and its computational photography and its custom-built ISP. Look for those ISPs that continue to be developed. Look for the software to be done that. Red Hydrogen has already proved that you can do incredible color grading from 12 megapixel cameras and have the results be a lot better than 24 megapixels. Got to be honest. I've seen it. I use one. You know, fuck everybody that says it's a terrible phone. It's a big phone. I get that. But it's a great phone. It does good shit. So look for more of that kind of curve being pushed. Um, look for people to start using the DSP complexes in the SOCs. Oh my God, there's a DSP in there. Might as well use it for something other than standard audio. All right, we're running up against the boundaries here. Storage. God, NVMe. It's going to get faster. Why? Because we have PCI Gen 4 coming. And guess what it's launching on? It's launching on AMD, not Intel. Oh my God, you mean AMD is going to have PCI Gen 4 before Intel? Fuck yeah, it's there. So look for increased bandwidth based on that. Network connectivity, 400 gig. Not the year of 400 gig. It's the year of 100 gig being as cheap as 50 gig. Maybe even the 25 gig. Look for 100 gig to continue to push in. 400 gig to start to sample in larger and larger quantities. Why? Well, there's this little nagging thing called 5G, which we'll talk about in just a second. 400 gig alleviates the back pressure by four times over what 100 gig does. Wow. If I alleviate the back pressure over four times of what 100 gig does, that means I can cram more shit down that pipe. 
Yes, sir. You can cram more shit down that pipe. Well, we got a lot of shit coming with 5G. Why? Because everybody seems to think that AT&T's 5G launch is actually 5G. Well, it's 5G to a device and then Wi-Fi back out. So who gives a shit? Look for 5G to be sampled in specific markets. It's going to be a long curve, folks. You know, a lot of the stuff that comes along with 5G, node slicing, so on and so forth, network slicing, CRANs, VRANs, all that kind of fun stuff. It's in phases. It's not all going to be their first thing. So hold on to your hats, folks. Just because it says it's 5G and you go and buy it in Q1 of 2019 doesn't mean you're actually getting a workable and usable, I should say, 5G phone. You're going to have battery problems. You're going to have power problems. Wait for Qualcomm to shrink those radios down even more. Remember, you're operating on two different spectrums. you got millimeter wave and you've got the standard sub 6G, you know, 6 gigahertz. <laughs> Can't even talk. 6 gigahertz stuff. You have to keep in mind where things are going. Millimeter wave is awesome. 60 gigahertz. Wow. Short, short haul. Massive, massive power. Thinking about it? Yep. Yeah. Hold on to your donkeys. 20, late 2019. Graphics. My last minute and a half here. Um, 2019 starts the year to decline of the GPGPU. What? Yeah, not in the commercial space. I still see people buying that because gaming is a huge industry. What? Fortnite made $3 billion last year? What? And that's a free game? What? Microtransactions? What? Okay. There, There's that. But... AMD's going to launch Navi. Navi's going to be, eh, let's say, 10 to 15% more more power efficient and or, you know, performance perspectives than the previous generation. Or Vega, right? That's cool. We don't give a shit. Um, you're going to see GPGPUs still in HPC, but the thing of it is, the thing that makes those GPUs and the thing that makes NVIDIA actually um, so special is not actually the hardware so much. It's the software environment that they put around it. So as these startups like GraphCore, like BrainShip, like you name it, uh, come out with their ISAs, their ISAs, their IDEs, I should say, that combine the functionality of something like NVIDIA's Rapids, Oh my gosh, you're going to suddenly have accessible, purpose-built, specific computing. Look for FPGA programming to get easier. Why? Because people realize not everybody else is going to, you know, is going to code VHDL. No one's going to do it. No one wants to. It's super expensive. No one wants to pay that penalty. So the more you can shim that, the more you can make it easier to get to, the better off it's going to be and the more accessible and, and accepted it's going to be. So look for the big guys, not the big guys, but some of the bigger startups in the in, in the AI space specifically to release better software. Well, that better software is going to challenge NVIDIA right where it hurts, which is accessibility, usability. And you're going to start to see the decline of GPGPs, in my opinion, um, starting in, in 2019 for artificial intelligence and machine learning why it's just it's right in the name general purpose is it good enough yeah sure it's good enough but no one's going to be sitting around now paying six thousand dollars for a quadro you know uh, quarter four thousand when they can get equivalent functionality of a two thousand ipu two thousand dollar ipu right i'd rather buy it from graphcore if i'm going to do that specific to workloads 
or I'd rather buy a neuromorphic chip from BrainChip if I'm going to do, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's application spaces which are burgeoning, which are, you know, burgeoning, which are growing, which are nascent, which, are, you know, have a lot of uh, abilities to be tapped. And I just don't see the sustainability of NVIDIA's thing. I see NVIDIA still winning, uh, of course, winning HPC clusters because that shit's important. And you got this little NVLink thing in there, but, you know, it only carries you so far. If I get more efficacy off of an IPU, you're running over a PCI Gen 4 bus, and I don't have to write, I don't have to write, I don't have to create specially electrical signaling like NVLink in order to get the efficacy out of that, and I can do more processing over a PCI bus than it takes in a specialty bus, guess what I'm going to go with? I don't have to rewrite the rulebook in order to do PCI Gen 4. I have to rewrite the rulebook in order to do NVLink. And not only that, I have to pay royalties to the company that maybe I don't want to pay royalties to. So look at that. Ponder that. It doesn't mean that you're going to see NVIDIA's everything you know collapse this year. I don't think that's the case. They have extant contracts right now, especially in DoD and DOE. Uh, in a lot of these hypo you know, HPC contracts that are still wonderfully valid but start to look for the incursion into those spaces of specialty processors, which can do more of those type of workloads quicker, cheaper, more efficiently, and can drive that cost value optimization down. And hey, that's, that's a play right out of AMD's book with, with Rome. Do it quicker, better, faster, cheaper. <laughs> and if you have to, do it wider, because fuck, I'll take 128 cores over... <laughs> Cascade Lake's 96 in a 350-watt package. Yes, thank you very much. Um, the efficacy is just there. Oh, what else? What else? What else? Consolidations in the environment and the marketplace. I don't know. I think we just saw the big swags. You obviously had Dell EMC a couple of years ago. Yes, I am a Dell employee. No, I am not speaking on behalf of my company. So, again, disclaimers apply. If IBM buying Red Hat for $34 bucks, that's awesome. We have yet to see how that's going to turn out. Because so we got a lot of stuff just hanging out there. Um, you know, what's going to be the next one? I don't know. You know, something to think about. You know, has Oracle made all their big moves yet? Have Has IBM made any of their other, other strategic moves as they try to get away from and continue to pivot away from uh, hardware into software? Um, do you see HPE doing anything? Do you see... Oh, wait, who's else? I mean, Apple's always going to buy shit because they want to control a vertical market from, you know, many, from, from the bits and pieces that make up their iPhones to the actual final result because that helps them control their costs and control their profit margins. But that's vertical integration. That has nothing to do with, you know, line of business integration. So look for sell-offs. Yeah, I think so. Look for look for parts of businesses to be sold where value um, seems to persist. I think we're riding into another curve where potentially there's going to be another bubble. Another bubble to say that's going to explode and everybody's going to be you know operating hand to mouth, right? But hand to mouth, foot to mouth, foot to mouth, whatever the expression is. But I think we're on on, on the curve of you know maybe some saturation again. Who knows? We'll have to remain, remains to be seen what's going to end up happening there. But point of the story is, you start to look at these waves, you start to look at these curves in the market, and you start to look at how people are buying, what the questions are asking, what capabilities are there, 
And I'll tell you some very, very nascent technologies like these MPUs, like these IPUs, like uh, all these non-core um, CPU, GPU type stuff, technologies in. Uh, what's the wave of excitement? It's really around AI. It's really around machine learning. It's really around uh, kind of these immersion type technologies like AR, VR, whatever. So I'm going to continue to see those things rising as it will Phoenix. Not, not, not so much a Phoenix from the ashes, but you know, getting there. Um, but that kind of deprecates the rest of this stuff. General purpose computing is still going to suck. Still going to be you know millions of units shipped. It's going to be the measuring volume, right? Sure. Are they going to go down year over year? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, that's your 2019 predictions. I probably missed a whole shitload of stuff. But, again, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Graham. That's at Dave Graham. And on the web at ElementalCollision.com. This is being recorded on the 28th. It's going to be released on the uh, 31st. Sad that I had to count that. It's going to be released on Monday, the 31st of December. And as everything happy new year's to you all love on your family be safe don't drink and drive don't do stupid shit that's going to impact your future get out there love strong live strong am i allowed to say that yeah sure whatever enjoy each other we're all here together and happy 2019 Woo!